Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. I just wanted to get the chance, the opportunity to introduce an amazing woman of God. She is here as our guest and uh, she's going to come up here in just a second. Pastor Carrie Erickson, if you remember Pastor Carrie and her husband, Matt, they founded a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's called Mercy City, and they've been going for seven years. Tremendous ministry. We love them. We feel kindred spirit connection with them. They're a great ministry there. And, uh, and it's cool because we have history here. She was one of our Bible school students many, many years ago. She is a true daughter of this house, so we're very excited to have her. She's also come not only for these two services on Sunday, but she's going to remain here for Girls' Night Out. That's coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. They're going to have a terrific time together. Tea, terrific time. Got it? Okay, it's going to be awesome. But they're going to have a great time, but we're so grateful and thankful that we also get to hear from her on, uh, on Sunday morning. So I want you to do something special because she really means a lot to us. And like I said, she's a daughter of the house, so she has our spirit. It's exciting. So I want you to stand up on your feet and let's honor this woman of God as she comes and brings the word, Pastor Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, you know, would you just stand on your feet for just a second? As we were worshiping over here, I was just praying for this house. And, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit said that you guys are moving into a season of ease. And I was like, okay, what else? And, and I felt like he said, it's time to put down the plows and set the table. And I was like, that can't be right. Cause like, they're about to build, you know, they might need building tools. And he said, while they're feasting, I'll be fighting. I believe that where you guys are moving into a season where the spirit of God is going to fight on your behalf, where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to plow and work and strive, but he's going to fight while you feast. Do you guys believe that? Can we just give it up for your pastors and your leaders? This is an amazing, amazing house. Thank you so much for, for having me here. You guys can go ahead and be seated. I love this church. I'm so excited and honored to be on this stage. Um, it's just such an honor to me. So thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I preached for the, actually the first time I ever preached, it was on this stage. It was in Pastor Richard's Preaching with Power class. And he said, you have five minutes. I think I took about a minute and a half. I said everything I needed to say, and I was so nervous. Preaching was never something I thought I wanted to do, but it was in this house that I saw it modeled so well by Pastor Gail. I never knew it was an option, and so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we have loved having your pastors with us in Nebraska. They've come. Um, Pastor Lindsay was our first guest speaker ever. He had a green room in our green bathroom. In a middle school, uh, he was like, okay, he was very gracious. And then Pastor Richard also, again, in the green bathroom, very gracious. There's been many jokes over the years about them, but uh, we are just so thankful. We, we love, love, love 
this church here in Nebraska. And uh, today I'm excited to share with you on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody um, who's a dad. I know behind every great father, there was a mother who made them that way. I'm just that was my dad joke. I, I, I said to my husband, I'm like, can I say that? And he's like, well, I don't know. I was like, all right, well. We're going to give it a try. Uh, no, we, we are so thankful for our fathers. Um, you know, I, I just know whatever father you had, they leave a mark on you. Some are good, some are bad, but God redeems and God restores and, and gives us spiritual fathers and increases that in us. And I'm so thankful for that. So as they said, my name's uh, Carrie. I've been married for 21 years. As of last Thursday, we had our 21st anniversary. We have been married for 20 great years, and the first one uh, was a struggle, but we have four kids, so everything worked out. Uh, Our oldest just graduated. We've got a set of boy-girl twins who are going to be seniors. They're 17, which is so strange to me that all of my kids are about to leave me, except my youngest. Um, She's very devastated to be home alone with us for five years. She's like, what are we gonna do? I'm like, anything we want. It's gonna be amazing. You get all the attention. She's like, I don't think I want all the attention. I'm like, you get all the hugs and all the love. She's about to go into seventh grade. So just pray for me. Uh, Those of you that have had middle school girls or kids, kids are weird in middle school. Sorry for those of you guys in middle school. It gets better, I promise, okay? It was like the worst time in my life, but Again, it gets better. So one thing you should know about me is I love the Bible. I love it because it changed my life. The Bible says that it's living and it's active and it's powerful. And so I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, okay? And you can write it down. And it's a, it's a generous gift. You're getting all your Bible reading in today for the whole week. But what I love for you to do is to take it and look at it during the week and like, Don't take my word for what I say. Like, go and look at it for yourself. God's going to speak something specifically to you that's just special, just for you and his word, and it has the power to change your life. So if you never crack open your Bible this week, you're missing out on something that God wants to do in your life, okay? Everybody say, I'm going to read my Bible. Okay, and I'm going to tell you what to read. It's going to be awesome. This year, uh, as a church, we had a pretty big year. Uh, We planted Mercy City over seven years ago. We moved to Lincoln, Nebraska from um, Macon, Georgia. We were there as youth pastors and we were campus pastors. We were kind of the pastors that just whatever, whatever you need, that's what we did. And so we had a lot of different titles, but God called us to go plant this church. And this year... Uh, As a church, we saw on our Easter services, we had our biggest services ever to date for Easter. We saw 60 salvations. It was amazing. And then last weekend, we were able to baptize over 30 people, Um, and it was was powerful. We just finished up a two-year renovation on a 105-year-old building. And when I say finished, there's an asterisk by that, okay? It's like, it's done-ish. And I have a feeling that it will be done-ish for the time that we're there because, as you know, a 105-year-old building, there's just a lot of things. But we're believing that it's going to be okay. You know, we're just, <laughs> we're believing that there's going to come an end to the day where we have to continue to fix things. But what, all those things are great. All those things are amazing. There are salvations and baptisms and buildings getting finished. But I want to tell you today something 
Each of those things is a legacy of this house, of Now Church. It wasn't that long ago I was praying in our, we have an upstairs chapel. We have three floors in our building. Uh, we had no elevator. We just had to put it in. It was a whole thing. Uh, and so there's all these stairs, and I'm up in the upstairs chapel, and I was praying. And I got this flashback in my mind to when I was 18 years old, and I was actually standing over here. There, I think the chairs were purple then. And I was, I, my row was the second row during Bible school. I, I paced and I prayed during this, in the second row. And I, I literally, the Lord reminded me of that moment when I was praying one morning. And as a student at, at Impact Bible College, and at that time, I was 18. I didn't know what I was praying for. It was that time when you're like, here I am, Lord, send me. I'll do anything you want, anything you want. And if you would have said in that moment, I'm going to send you to Nebraska, I would have said, anything else? Send me anywhere else, like away. Send me away from the Midwest. You know, I mean, I, I was like, I couldn't have handled it then. I had no idea, but God knew something. And I was just praying big prayers of faith, and I was ready to be used by God. And the Lord told me a couple weeks ago when he showed me that picture, he said, everything you prayed for then is what you're seeing now. You didn't know it, but I knew it. Every person, every changed life, every salvation, every opportunity you've had to speak into someone's marriage, into their family, God saw them when I was here, when I was 18, when I was young. All the miracles that we've seen are a direct result of the impact that your pastors and this house had on my life. And so the legacy of this house extends to what's going on in Lincoln, Nebraska. Who would have ever thought that? Who would have ever thought? I would love to talk for the time that I have today about the idea of legacy. The word legacy means this. I'm kind of a nerd, too, when it comes to the Bible. I like to look on blueletterbible.com, and I find all the word, what they mean, and like where all the verses are. I just love the Bible. It's awesome. If you don't love the Bible, you're just not reading it because it's so good, okay? The word legacy means this. Something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. It's something that's been passed down. It's something that's been left for us. When we think about this, we often think about things that have been passed down from generation to generation, right? Like uh, it might be a, a house that gets left to you or something. My grandmother uh, left recipes for us. I have uh, recipe cards in her handwriting that now I can't make any of the things because I'm a terrible cook. But one time I went to her house and we made homemade pickles. Has anybody ever done homemade pickles? These weren't like quick pickles. I have to be careful how I say that. These were like the six-week, like, in the jar. I mean, they're so good. I mean, I just, I didn't know that they were homemade. I just ate them when I went to her house. And then she's like, do you want to come over, and I'll show you how to make the pickles. And I was like, oh, okay, we're making pickles. Sounds good. So I go, and they show me the brine and, you know, the jar. you got to clean the jars. And I'm just sitting there like, this is a lot of work. Like, I just want to eat the pickles, you know. So we made the pickles. I took them home. And I tell you what, six weeks later, we had about six jars of pickles that were gone in about 13 minutes and 58 seconds. My kids, I was like, that was a lot of work for that. You know what I mean? She, but she passed down those recipes and that was part of her legacy to us was leaving us with these recipes that she had that reminded us 
of her and times at her house after she passed away. And then there's also some things that get passed down that aren't so good, aren't there? Things that we say, oh, that's generational in my family. Cancer's generational. You know, uh, sickness is generational. Arthritis, uh, addictions, divorce. Everybody gets divorced in my family. All these things that can also get passed down to us from generations before. And we have to make a choice in the legacy that we leave, but also in the legacy that we receive. We have a choice to say, okay, I'm going to receive these things from my ancestors, from my dad, my dad's dad. You know, in, in our family, uh, worry. I mean, I just saw my, my grandmother worried, and, you know, I'm not going to say anything about my mom because she might be watching. But there's just like, you know, worry gets passed down and, and passed down, and I'm like, okay, I've got to decide if I'm going to be somebody who worries, like my family, or if I'm going to be different. You have a choice in the legacy that you receive. And then we also have a choice in the legacy that we leave. And when we think about this, it can't be done flippantly. Like, this is something that we have to be intentional about. You don't leave a legacy accidentally. You know, you, at least not a good one. You probably, all the bad legacies are kind of left accidentally. But if you want to leave and receive the legacy that is positive, that's going to move us forward... We have to do that intentionally. A legacy that's built to last has to be done. It has to be prepared. It has to be planned and left on purpose. So uh, as believers, each of us has a legacy to leave. But we also have been left a legacy. Maybe it was a mentor or a grandparent. Maybe it was a pastor or a leader, a teacher. Somebody left something that's been instrumental in the way that you know Jesus. None of us met Jesus alone. We didn't meet Jesus. You might be like, yeah, I mean, I personally met Jesus alone in my dorm room when I was 18 years old. But I know that my mom had been praying for me, and I know that my grandfather had been praying for me. I wasn't a lone ranger out there meeting Jesus by myself. There was a legacy of faith that had been established. We all get to where we are today because of people, don't we? Because of people who've gone before us, because of people that God's placed around us. Like we've had mentors over the years. Your pastors, like I said, have been mentors to us. We are who we are today because of them. Our church, it's so funny. Um, last time Pastor Richard was with us, I think it was last November. He always comes in November. It's not too cold, you know, but it's cold enough. And so he always comes, it's snowed a few times when he's been there with us. And he's like, this is awesome. And we're like, snow, you know. But he came and he said something in our church. Um, he was talking about hearing the Holy Spirit. And he said, you get that tap, tap. And I tell you what, I've heard that over the last year more times. Like people are like, but remember, it's that tap, tap. Remember what Pastor Richard said? Remember what Pastor Richard said? It's that tap, tap of the Holy Spirit. We've said it in sermons. People have said it in city groups. I mean, in all these things. It's a legacy. It's part of the deposit that's been made in our house. It was done intentionally. God set it up that way. Isn't it amazing that God had a plan that he set it up so that we don't have to do life alone, but we can do it with people? We don't have to go through life wondering where we're going, wondering what we need to do, but God puts people in our lives to help us, to walk with us, to lead us and guide us. At our church, we have a saying that we're better together, right? That's like so like in right now, right? Like, oh, we're better. We have t-shirts, you know, everything. But we actually believe that. It's not just a cute slogan on a, on a cool t-shirt, but the church 
of Jesus Christ is better when we're all together. It's better when you're here. It's better when you're a part of things. It's better when you're engaged in what God's doing. This church misses you when you're gone. It's not the same. We're better in community, in relationship. You know how I know that? Jesus showed us. He spent three years on this earth, and he didn't do it alone. It would have been easier sometimes, I think, for Jesus to just do it on his own. I'm going to read some scripture here in a minute, and it's like, guys, come on. Come on, disciples. Get it together. You know, but he chose to spend three years with 12 guys to impart into them a legacy. He was teaching them and leading them and purposefully leaving a legacy so that they could continue on in the ministry that he was called to do. His purpose was to introduce them to the Father and to leave a legacy to change the world. Isn't that amazing that he chose to leave a legacy with us, with men and women who are imperfect, who mess up, who say things that they shouldn't and do things. I mean, and he still chose to spend his life with people leaving a legacy for us to follow. We're going to be in John chapter 14. And I've just been reading John chapter 14 uh, a lot lately. I mean, it's just been one of those chapters that I'll think of a verse and I'm like, oh, where's that verse? So I go to the greatest Bible guide of all, Google, and I put in a few words like, where's this at? John 14. I'm like, why didn't I remember that? I've been reading it every day. You know, it's like, oh, I love that verse. Where's that at? John chapter 14. Okay, just go there first, Carrie. Skip Google. Go there first. You're going to feel a lot less dumb. Okay, so we're going to read a little bit in John chapter 14. And I'm going to skip around a little bit, but this is one of those chapters. I would encourage you, take it home, read it this week, spend some time in it, because God speaks so much truth through Jesus about what his intentions for us are. So we're going to start in verse chapter or verse 1 of chapter 14. And I'm, in, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I'll come and get you. So you will always be with me where I am and you will know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. Here's one of the guys, okay? We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? I feel like this is one of those times when Jesus is like, this would be easier to do alone. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him. He's like, you know him because you've seen him. It's me, right? Like, and then Philip. God bless Philip. says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Okay. Jesus replies, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Like, I just can, I don't know if Jesus is like me, probably not, but I'd be like, bro, are you kidding? Like, it's me. Like, here I am. Like, this isn't at the beginning. Like, this is towards the end. Like, Jesus is like, really, guys? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. He's like, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know? Why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe, just believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least, 
I love this. Or at least believe it because of the work you've seen me do. Like if you can't trust anything, think back to all the stuff that we've done over the last three years and you can trust that. Jesus came to introduce people to his father. That was the purpose, to introduce people to God, to our Father in heaven, the one who's created us, the one who has a legacy for us, who believes in us. He was giving them insight and wisdom to know what was about to happen. Jesus wasn't leaving them being like, okay, I'm going to leave in the middle of the night. You're going to wake up and I'm going to be gone. Good luck. It's like, not like a game of hide and go seek. Like Jesus is saying, I'm going to be with my father. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going and you are going to be able to come and be with me again. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare what I have for you. He's telling them, I've got good things planned for you. Just trust me. Don't worry. Trust in the father. Now, I know a few things about getting good gifts from my father, naturally. I'm the youngest, better known as the favorite. Any youngest children in the house? Okay, okay, I see you. Listen, youngest child, daddy's little girl, pretty much the best, okay? I mean, my dad tries to pretend like I'm not his favorite, but we all know the truth. You know, I just tell him, like, come on, dad. Everybody knows that I'm the favorite, you know, and he doesn't deny it. He stopped denying it. He just laughs. But I know how to get good gifts from my dad. I know that he's going to do whatever he can to make sure that I have what I need. He still, to this day, I'm, I'm you know, older than I used to be. I, and, and, and he still, I know that I can count on my dad. If I need anything, I know that I could call him and he would do whatever he wants, whatever he can, whatever's in his power to make sure that I have what, I, what he needs. And if I can be confident in my earthly father who's limited to make sure that I have what I need, how much more confident can I be that my father in heaven who created me, who formed me in my mother's womb, who knit me together and fashioned me, he designed my life He's going to give me what I need to do the things that he has planned for me. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples. Guys, everything you need, the Father has it. Everything that you're going to need to do life, everything that you're going to need, I've got to go, but don't worry. There's a legacy that's being left for you to help you do everything that you need to do. John chapter 4, he's telling them what the Father has planned for them once he's gone. And it's amazing to me to know that God has what we need. I loved what Pastor Chris said during offering. He's not taken by surprise. God didn't wake up in the morning this morning and think, oh, gas is $5? Darn it. What are we going to do? It's not a surprise to him. It's not a surprise to him when things go out of out of whack in your life, when maybe you get a bad report from the doctor, maybe your marriage is struggling, maybe your kids are far from God, he's not surprised. He actually has the answer. He has everything that you need. He isn't surprised. He, the Bible says that he's Jehovah Jireh. That means that he sees in advance and he makes a way. If we could just understand that when something goes wrong, because what do we do? We get a bad report and immediately we panic. Or maybe I do, okay? I'll, I won't speak to we. I'll speak to me. When I get something goes wrong, I'm like, great. What are we going to do now? How is this going to work out? If my first thought would be, 
God's Jehovah Jireh. He saw this coming. He knew what was about to happen. He's made a way where I can't see a way. He sees ahead. He sees above. He sees beyond. He knows what I can't know because he's God in heaven, because he's Jehovah, because he's Jehovah Jireh. He has everything we need, every answer to every question that you have right now, he knows. You can take comfort in knowing that God knows that God has a plan, that he's a good father, and that he left a legacy for us that we can trust, that we can walk in, that we can receive. In this chapter of John chapter 4, Jesus is letting the disciples know he's not leaving them empty-handed, but the father is leaving them with something specific, and there's a plan. I'm so thankful that God has a plan. I'm so thankful that when I was 18 over here, like dingbat carry, I mean, I was something. I, I told you I got saved in the college dorm. That was like a week before I got here. I mean, seriously, like I, I didn't know anything, but God knew God had a plan. God got me here. God formed me, fashioned me, created me, and got me where I needed to go. He did it because he loved me. Just like he loves you, he's got a plan for you. And he left a legacy for us. We're going to keep reading in verse 23. I love these verses so much. These are like some of my favorite. Pretty much it's all my favorite. Okay, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home in each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things while I'm still with you. Verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus is letting the disciples know they're not going to be left alone, but God has a legacy for the believers, a legacy for the world. I'm going to pull three things from this scripture to show us today the good gifts that God left us through Jesus. Before we understand the legacy that we're called to leave as people, right? We want to leave a good legacy. We want to be impactful. I want my life to matter. I want it to mean something. I don't want people to forget about me, but I want people to think, okay, this is what she imparted. This is what she left. Her life left a legacy, and what was it marked by? But first, we have to understand what's been left to us, and I think that can left, let us know how to leave something beyond us, okay? We've got to first know what God left for us, and that's the legacy we want to leave for those coming behind us. Do you guys agree with that? You guys awake? You need to elbow your neighbor real quick and say, hey, wake up. The buffet will be there. Actually, I don't know if people do buffets anymore, right? Going to, maybe, maybe dad's cooking today for Father's Day. Okay. This is the legacy of Jesus. Three things. The first one, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The greatest gift we could ever receive because it's the power of God on the inside of us. Are you kidding me? The power that... God deposited on the inside of us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the power to bring dead things back to life. And it's been deposited on the inside of me, of my life, that he would deposit that so that I could live a life better than I could on my own. It says that he's our advocate. And I love this word. It means comforter, helper, the one who pleads for another's cause, yeah. comes alongside and pleads for us. 
The Holy Spirit is our wingman. He's our goose to our maverick. There's a little Top Gun reference, right? The old one, though, right? He fights on our behalf. He works behind the scenes. And when we don't ever have to be alone. Isn't that good news? That we don't ever have to be alone. The beautiful thing is that Jesus is showing them that it's better that he leaves. Now, the disciples can't fathom that it would be better because they've been with Jesus. But you know what? While they were with Jesus, Jesus wasn't with everyone else. While they were away, and those 12 guys, and and then the three, and then the one whom Jesus loved, which of course we know is John writing this, he knew, I can't imagine it would be better if you left Jesus. We've had this intimate time with you. We've gotten to grow in relationship with you. But Jesus is saying, hey, you have, but when I go, everyone can. Everyone can experience the comforter. Everyone can experience the advocate. It's better that I go because you will be able to do greater works because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Greater works? Greater works than Jesus? More in number, more in quantity, more in weight. Greater because each of us will be equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only will he be with us, but he'll be within us. And I love this specifically. This tells us what the Holy Spirit will be doing when he leaves. It says he'll teach us everything. So what is the Holy Spirit going to teach us? Everything. All of it. Anything you need to know. Anything you need to see. Anything you need to understand. The plan for your life. The purpose why we're created. The, the spouse that God has for you. The kids that God has for you. The plan that he has for you. The Holy Spirit will show you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you wisdom. And some of you are like, he doesn't do that for me. Have you asked? Have you leaned into him? Have you asked him? Show me everything. Teach me everything about your word. What if when we read the Bible, we said, Lord, teach me everything. What would the riches of his word begin to develop on the inside of us if we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us everything? I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And then not only is he going to show you and teach you, but it says he'll remind you of everything. Anybody thankful for reminders? You know how often the Holy Spirit speaks something to me? Like, hey, Carrie, I've got this. Don't, Don't be afraid, okay? I've got it. And then I'm like, okay, God's got it. I'm good. And then like the next day, I'm like, but I'm really worried that this isn't going to work out. And the Holy Spirit is gently like, hey, remember yesterday when I told you I've got it? You don't have to be. Oh, yep. Okay. Like we just dropped my son off in New York State um, to play baseball for the summer. Just dropped him and left him. He's 18. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be awesome. The Lord told me this is foundational. And then like three days later, I'm laying in my bed and I'm like, but he's alone. What is happening? Like there's craziness. And the Holy Spirit's like, but, but remember, remember what I told you. I've got him. I'm protecting him. I'm, he reminds us. And he's not like me who's like, I already told you once. I'm not telling you. Like with my kids, I'm like, get it together. I'm not reminding you again. You know, he just continues to remind us. What's God spoke to you? What did you forget? Some of us had a word from the Lord, and we've forgotten. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of his word today. What was the word that you spoke to me? The purpose and the calling that I've walked away from. The second legacy of Jesus, and I love this so much, is a legacy of peace. 
Verse 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is one of those verses that I would love to commit to memory. This is one of those verses that if I could get it on the inside of me, I can move forward in the legacy of Christ. Peace of mind, peace of heart. What does that mean? Peace in my thoughts. So my thoughts aren't chaotic. So my thoughts aren't uh, uh, negative. Anybody just have crazy thoughts? Like sometimes you're thinking, you're like, whoa, where did that thought come from? Like, and I have like fights with people in my mind. Mostly my husband. I, I'm like, and then I'm going to say this, and then he's going to say this, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to really get him. I'm going to, craziness. It's not peaceful thoughts. Or like somebody doesn't respond to a text, or they text away, and you're like, are they mad at me? Maybe this is just girls. I don't know if guys do this, okay? But just go with me here. And you're like, what did I do? Okay, and then I'm, I'm thinking back. And there's chaos in my mind, and I can't rest because it's like, oh my gosh, my thoughts are crazy, but God's saying, I've given you peace in your mind and then in your heart. You know, this means peace in your emotions, in the way that you feel. Our feelings don't have to be crazy. They can actually be feelings of peace. Even when you're upset, there can be peace. Even when you're angry, there can be peace because God is a God who gives us peace supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. This legacy was intended for you. Many of us are not living in peace in our minds and peace in our hearts because we forget that it's actually a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit. You can't get this peace on your own. You can't make it happen. You can't find it. You can't earn it. You can't keep it. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. We need to engage with the Holy Spirit to get peace. How do we do that? We get in the word, not in the world. You get in the world, there's no peace. You get on social media, no peace. You get on the news, no peace, none. None. Not even a little bit, none. It's not there. But the word of God gives us peace. I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. I just feel like there's a theme here. Don't worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything, literally everything, anything you can think of. Pray about it. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. And you will experience God's peace. And that exceeds anything we can understand. And then look at this. His peace will guard your heart, emotions, feelings, and your mind, your thoughts. It says it twice. I think he means it. And you will live in Christ. The peace of God is a gift. It's a legacy that we have to lead. His peace will exceed anything we can understand. How can we be peaceful in a crazy world? It's supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. God is not surprised at the world we live in today. Pretty sure he said it was going to happen. Like, I'm not an end times person. But I knew it was going to get worse. You know what I mean? But even that, like, it's been worse for years. Like, 
The world is not heaven. The world is not our home. It was not meant to be. We are meant to be peace living in a world that's chaotic. We are called to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit, to bring peace to a world that is crazy. Peace in our heart and peace in our mind. And he didn't give us this peace for ourselves, but he gave it to us as a legacy, as his legacy in the world. Our peace draws people in. Our peace isn't just for you. It's not just for the people living in your house, but it's for the people around you that you engage with every single day. When they see that you aren't frazzled by gas prices, that you aren't terrified by what's going on, that you are actually operating in peace. What if the next time you pumped gas, instead of saying, well, there goes $100. You said, thank God that I have $100 to put in my gas tank. I bet you people around you at the pumps would be like, what? What is? What are you talking about? You're crazy. Yep, no, I've got the Holy Spirit, and he's given me peace to know that he's going to continue to provide for everything I need according to not what the world says, but according to what God says. The way that you respond to adversity is a legacy of peace. It's what the Holy Spirit has implanted in us to invite others into our world so that they can receive the legacy of Jesus. The final piece of legacy that I believe God left for us, not as believers, but I think God left us a legacy for the world. God left a legacy, and that legacy is you. Everybody say, I am the legacy of Christ. Number three, you. You are the legacy that God left. I love this verse. It says, I think it's verse 23 in, in chapter 14. It says, my father will love them and we will come and make our home in each one of them. You are the legacy of Jesus. You are the answer. You are the tool that God is using to leave his mark on this world. When he was talking to the disciples, he wasn't saying like, I did all I can do, good luck. He's saying, I'm leaving you with something so that you don't hold on to it for yourself. And the legacy of Jesus, by the way, I don't know if you realize this, Jesus left a long time ago. It's a lasting legacy. It's changed your life. If it can change your life, how can it change the lives of the people that we're in relationship with? The way that we allow the Spirit of God to be a legacy on the inside of us will leave his mark in people's lives. What is the legacy that you want to leave? What do people experience when they're around you? Is it worry? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it negativity? Is it rage? Or is it one of faith? Is it one of peace? Is it one of the Holy Spirit that invites people into your life? I'm often challenged with this because I just don't ever want to live my life for myself. I, I don't even want to just live my life for the five people that live in my house with me. I don't want to just live my life for the people who are a part of Mercy City Church. I want to live my life for the mom that I sit next to at the ballpark. I want to live my life for the lady that I get my coffee from every morning. I want to live my life to impact people around me. 
That's the legacy that Jesus has for us. That's the legacy that our Father in heaven, who gives good gifts to us, also gave us as a good gift to the world. You're a gift from God. Your Father in heaven has left a gift, and it's you. And you might be thinking, no, not me. Yeah, you. Everything, everybody, everyone has an opportunity because remember, the first thing he left us was the Holy Spirit. We all have the ability to choose to intentionally lead others toward Jesus. Would you guys mind standing on your feet with me today? As I've been praying and preparing for this and just going over my notes, a lot of times I'll just, I'll just read through them and I'll just ask the Lord, what, what is it that specifically you want to do today? And I just kept going back to that place of peace. Because I think there's a lot of us in here today who haven't been living with peace. There's been things on our mind that have been causing us to be worried. There's been things going on in, in your world that haven't left you feeling peaceful. It's actually left you feeling pretty afraid and pretty alone. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you today. We need peace in our minds and peace in our hearts, peace in our thoughts and peace in our emotions. We don't have to be fearful of the future because we've got a God, remember, he sees ahead and he makes a way. And if he sees ahead, I can trust in him. If he knows the way, I'm gonna follow him. If he's got peace, I'm getting with him because I need peace. God wants us to live a peace-filled life. And I think the, the, the Holy Spirit wants to supernaturally deposit some peace on the inside of us today. So if you need that today, I just invite you to close your eyes and lift your hands. I just want to pray over us this morning. And, and it's not my words, but I believe that the supernatural peace of God is going to rest in this place and it's going to rest on our minds and it's going to rest in our hearts. Where there's chaos and confusion, he wants to breathe peace. Where there's fear and doubt and anxiety, where there's depression, where there's anger, where there's malice in your heart, he wants to breathe peace on the inside of you. If that's you, don't miss this opportunity. Let's lean in to the Holy Spirit. Father, I just declare right now over this room the spirit of peace. Supernaturally, God, I just pray that you would minister. I pray that we would feel your presence in a way that we haven't for a long time. I pray that you would remind us, that you would remind us of your words, that you would bring them back to our memory, that you would bring them back to our remembrance, that we would experience peace in our minds for the first time in a long time. God, I believe that you want to move in our hearts that you want to help us to invite your Holy Spirit in in a new way, in a fresh way, where we know that our legacy isn't just for ourselves, but it's for those that are around us. And so I pray today that the spirit of peace would be in this house. Those of us that are believing for things, that have been disappointed and discouraged, that have allowed the enemy's lies to take up residence. I just pray for peace. Those of us that need something, that have a request, that have an urgent need that we have, God, that's just been plaguing our minds, I just pray peace right now. I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit.
that you have access to us, God. And as we raise our hands today, as we lift them, God, it's just a sign that we want to invite you in with a spirit of peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that can't be explained away. Peace that can't be uh, identified by the world's standards, but it's supernatural. It's a gift from you. Give us peace today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.